The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs chapter 13. And uh, we're going to look, let me read the two verses that I want to look at this morning. And then we'll get into the topic we're looking at. Uh, let me just start in verse 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but his scorner heareth not rebuke. I'm just going to mention that for a second. This has been stated many times in the book of Proverbs that a wise son, it would be a wise son, wise daughter. Please remember that Solomon is writing to his son. So this is specific to that. But a wise son, daughter, a wise person will hear the instructions of his father of other people who want to gain and give him wisdom. But a scorner hears not rebuke, hears nothing. A scorner wants nothing to do. They think they're right. They want nothing to do with instruction, which is often what drove them to be a biblical scorner. That's just another reminder. It's just another warning shall we say that if you want to grow and you want to be blessed and you want to be successful and you want to live a life of wisdom you will always be teachable you will always be a student you will learn from anything and learn from everything you will learn from your own mistakes you will learn from the mistakes of others you will learn from the advice of others you will you will always be not just willing to listen you will be desiring to listen you will look out scenarios to see hey how can i get from this what can i grow from this um, and how can I learn not to repeat that? Which is kind of what we're going to look at here in a second. So verse 2, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. We're going to talk a little more about our words today, but I want to entitle this with this idea. Let me ask you if you've ever wondered this. Have you ever found yourself saying something like this? Man, I wish I hadn't said that. Man, I just wish I hadn't said that. I've uh, been listening to a message by a friend of mine, and he's been going through Ephesians, and he talked a lot about the power of the tongue and our temper and things like that. And I was listening, uh, it was this morning as I was driving in, and he made an interesting point. You know, our tempers flare and our tongues say things. And it's amazing how, he used the illustration, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was burnt down in a day. And it's amazing how our tongue, you know, you know, 5, 10, 15 years of marriage, you spend all that time building trust and it takes just one simple mistake, just, just some sharp words to really put some permanent struggle in there. And the danger, the power of the things we say, obviously that we, we learned earlier, the things we say are a result of what we think which is often a result of what we take in. Whether we're listening to criticism and we're around critics, we become critical. Whether we, we listen to uh, the frustration, anger of the world, we can become angry. Uh, if we're willing to believe the evil of other people, then we respond poorly to those people. What we listen to, what we believe, the lies, whatever it be, will develop what we believe and therefore affects what we say. But let's look specifically at the two different aspects in these two verses today. The first one, he says, and, the, and I'll be honest, this verse, I admit when I looked at it, I mean, sometimes poetry is just complicated. It sounds pretty, but it's complicated. Verse two, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. What? That's not, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. So let me explain. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. I don't fully understand. Here, here, here's the premise. The eating really is a metaphor. 
And he's talking about this. When remember, like we said, what we say is a result of what comes in, comes from the inside. So if if I use my mouth, as we said not too long ago, for encouragement, for help and edification, and not necessarily to hurt other people. You know, in Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Simply. I don't use my mouth to hurt people, my tongues, my words to hurt people, but I should minister grace. Remember the word grace biblically means God giving us something we don't deserve. So if I am ministering grace to others with my mouth, I am offering them something they don't deserve. A simple explanation. Somebody decides to give you a piece of their mind and they're critical and they're mean, they're rough. Our first reaction is, man, I'm going to get back at them. And, and we've probably already prepared the things we're thinking of. We've prepared comebacks. We're ready for this time. And no, no, no. We're to minister grace to them. Now, this is not easy. It is not natural. But he says what we should be striving to do is if we have been hurt by someone else's words, we, they deserve retaliation by our words. Grace offers them kindness through our words. So he says, if I do that, if my, if my words are edifying, if they're kind, then I shall, the benefits of that shall be like a continual feast. I shall enjoy the benefits of, of kind speech. I shall enjoy the benefits of helping others. When you use your words kindly, you create friendships. You create people who are encouraged. When you use your word to encourage others, that will at some point turn around and they will, in that time, in a needed time, use their words to encourage you. But what happens the second half of this verse? But the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. So this is the other side. The person who decides to use their words, their lips, and their, and their comments to bring hurt and to bring pain, they're not going to reap kindness from that. Now, again, if we are the other side, if we're the ones being attacked by that, hopefully we're offering grace, and then when you don't, next time try to do it, you're offering grace. But in reality, if I'm going to use my words and my lips and my tongue to hurt people, there's nowhere in Scripture that states I should deserve or I expect, I should expect to have something good in return from it. So you go home and you've had a rough day. Well, of course, your wife probably or your spouse probably has too. But you go home after a day at work and you're frustrated and you just want to stop. And, and somehow you get home and your child or your spouse says something and it just... You've already got a small, a short fuse that day anyway. I mean, you're just ready to go. Man, yeah, you're just ready to blow up on it. And so somehow they light that fuse and poof, you're ready to go. And this becomes part of your normal everyday life. You're constantly ready to do this and bang and fight and this and that. You'll get known for that. You can't expect that to result in kindness from the person you're yelling at. If you come to church and you're just critical and you're divisive, you can't expect to create friends that way. It won't happen. So those who use their, 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 their words in, in struggle, well, they're only going to receive. You, know? you reap what you sow, the Bible teaches us. So I can use my words for good, and in that I can expect good things from it, or I can use my words for bad. And well, unfortunately, even outside of some people who are going to offer grace, I will ultimately get what I deserve. Verse 3, though. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. This is the premise of what I was saying, and I wish I hadn't said that. Let me explain this. He that keepeth, the word keepeth means guardeth, or basically keepeth it shut. He that guards, protects, is careful about the things that he says. So he that is cautious and careful about the words that he says, so he that keepeth his mouth 
keepeth his life, protects, guards his own life from negativity, from the battle. That he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. So there's two different personalities here. The per, let's go back. James, remember James says, that every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So I should be quick to hear, which means I'm putting aside my words and I'm quick to hear. Slow to respond and quick to hear, so to speak. I'm not going to jump in with my opinion right away till I really know what's going on. And those two things will lead to being slow to wrath. So you ever, you ever get an argument? Uh, I shouldn't say an argument. It could be an argument. It could be, hey, we want to, you know, people are talking about a topic that somehow you think you know a lot about. Doesn't always mean you do. You just feel you do. And, or a story's being told and you just feel like, man, I, I, want it, I want to make the story bigger. You know what usually happens if we're not careful and we hear a story, man, that was awesome and we want to add to it, but we really don't have anything to add to it. You know what happens? We create something, it's exaggerated and frankly, not always believable. So we open wide our mouth and we speak something and usually people sit back and say, what was that? It's not accurate. It's not true. And, and, and it's seen as silly. It can be the opposite of that. Man, I'm, I'm having a rough day. Maybe you're saying, I'm not today, but say maybe you're having a rough day. And you come in and somebody says something and man, you're just, you're ready. You've been ready to, you know, you've been dwelling on a couple of things you want to tell that person now for a while and you open wide your mouth. Man, I wish I hadn't said that. You're hurt, and the first thing that comes to your mind, bam, you throw it out there. Man, I, I wish I hadn't said that. That's where it comes from. He that guardeth his mouth will protect his life from the negative, but he that openeth wide his lips basically speaks the first thing that comes to his mind, ultimately will have destruction. He that just speaks randomly. Let, let, let me give you an example of how the tongue works together. In this section in Ephesians I was referencing to, it starts off with saying that be angry and sin not, but not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And then it goes on and talks about the tongue. But you know what's interesting? It does say be angry and sin not. But then later it talks about not, you know, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And I like, I just want to tell you what this one preacher said. I like the way he put it. He said, there are times that we can loose our anger. What that means is there are certain things in life. You know, Jesus, when he turned over the money changers uh, table, he did it to represent the anger that was righteous indignation. And there are times that uh, allowing, you know, allowing my anger to be projected for certain things that are good is not necessarily bad. But there's a difference between loosing my anger, using it in a scenario, and losing my anger, losing my temper. And that's what ends up happening kind of in this scenario. It, you know, if it, there's a difference between, hey, this is a scenario that I'm going to step up and I, I'm going to stand up in defense of my family, defense of my church, or defense of my pastor, defense of my loved one, or defense of a friend of mine at church. And I don't like this. And sometimes there's, there's going to be, it's going to be obvious to the other person that I don't like what's being said. And so there's a level, not, not the temper flare, but a level of, of fierceness and strength that sometimes is seen with the level of anger. No, you're not doing this. Um, that is not wrong, per se, in the right setting. Now, if today, if I walk into church and say, hey, how you doing? I blow up. That's losing my temper. That's the buildup. So when I walk in one day and, man, I'm having a bad day and all of a sudden, boom, I blow up. I've lost it. I say something I wish I hadn't said. But if I'm quick to guard what I say, then I'm more likely to not say it, and I'm quicker 
to keep my life, to enjoy the benefits of the verse before, right? A man that shall eat good of his, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. When I use it for good and I'm protecting myself, I will return. But when I'm just allowing my tongue to be used poorly, I am going to regret it. So here's the question I asked. I thought about this before I started this. Um, here's the question I am going through is what happens now? What do I do when, and I wish I hadn't said that, but I did. Okay, the first thing I encourage you, acknowledge it, take responsibility, and apologize. Sometimes we are just tired and frustrated, and we're speaking out of ignorance. Well, that's fine, except that sometimes we said something we really mean, and we need to get that right. Can I encourage you blaming someone else or saying, well, they deserved it, or that's just who I am. That won't solve the problem. It's only going to create more. And say, listen, I... And you might, we might even said, there's been times I've told people, you know, when I've said something and, and the way I said it was not evil. I said, I really am sorry I offended you by how I said that. Sometimes what I said is not wrong. Well, how I said it probably could have been. I could have been more gracious in my terminology. So I think it's important to take responsibility, important to get that right at the time, and hopefully develop healing, although you can never eliminate what you've said. Once it's out there, it's out there. But I would encourage you also to realize the bigger thing is just to be careful and just be a little less quick to respond. Uh, One person said this. I heard this quote the other day. One person said this. It is better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Catch that? It is better to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Sometimes it's just better not to speak your opinion. Sometimes it's better just to sit back and say, you know, I don't need to be part of this conversation. I don't need to say this. Or let me ask more questions. Let me listen. So much in Scripture comes down to that. Can I also encourage you that if we take what James says and we're quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath, which means we're not as quick to speak our point of view. We're quicker to hear what God has for us. Or what, let me phrase that, quicker to hear what's going on and what's really happening um, we're going to learn, we're going to grow, and we're less likely to make stupid, stupid comments. Because usually when we just react out of nowhere with a quick fuse, we're usually reacting out of a preconceived opinion of what we think someone's saying that they may not even be saying. So I'll be careful just to use some wisdom in that ear, follow what God is saying, and just take time to not react right away. Use your words for good, because it can be something that can come back and be a great blessing to you, or something that uh, can become a level of grief.